When I was a junior in college, I decided to give up my favorite thing for Lent, sweets. God help me, I love cookies and ice cream and all of that wonderful stuff. And on the Thursday after Ash Wednesday, I went, the college where I went, almost everyone lived on campus for all four years. I was walking through the dining hall, and there in the dessert section was the most tempting cookie I've ever seen in my entire life. I love M&M cookies, and there it was. Just one cookie left. That was it. And so I don't know if anyone else does this, but like when you're at like a food buffet or something, when you're, you're tempted but you don't want to give in, you kind of do a couple laps around the buffet. Is that just me? Um, anyway... So I go, and I'm walking around, and I'm clearly not looking for any other food. I'm just trying to steal myself to pass by this cookie. And I do a couple of laps, and on the third one, I just walk right by the cookie, sit down, have my dinner, you know, go out, and I walk out of the dining hall. I'm just like, all right, I did it. I overcame that temptation. Now it's time to treat myself. <laughs> right? And then that weekend was a weekend where I did everything but deny myself. I allowed myself to sin and to be comfortable with that. And on Sunday when I walked into church, it wasn't a disconnect whatsoever. I walked in with chest puffed up and head held high because I'd gone four days without a cookie. And so often in Lent, this is what Lent becomes. For so many, it's so easy to make Lent about what I'm giving up or about what the things that I'm doing. It's not about growing in love. It's not about falling more madly and deeply in God's love, who loves you with an indescribable, complete, total, almost reckless love. We allow the things of the world to remain the things of the world. We always and we struggle to make Lent about God. And if that's the case, then we have failed completely with Lent. In the first reading today, we heard from the prophet Joel. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart. Rend your hearts, not your garments. And the Lord is crying out to each of you tonight. I love you. I want relationship with you. I have a plan for you that will set you free, that will make you happy, that will give you indescribable joy. Think of it for a moment. In a few moments, we will be marked with ashes. We will be marked with dust. God created out of nothing, out of vastness, out of void. He created you from dust. He gives you meaning. He created you with love. He holds you in being with love. He desires for you to be with him forever in love in heaven. And yes, we recognize through this mark of ashes that we have sinned, that we are broken. But we also recognize tonight in this Eucharistic celebration that though we enter into this fast, into this stripping away of things from our life, because we know that the victory has already been won for us. The God who loves us loves us so much that He has overcome and conquered sin and death. He has opened the gates of heaven. And he offers freely, totally, to each one of you right now, those gifts, partial yet complete in the way that we can experience them now, foretasting and foreshadowing of the glory, the freedom, the beauty, the goodness, the truth, the fullness of which he offers each of us forever with him in heaven. And as St. Paul says, now is a very acceptable time. 
Behold, now is the day of salvation. Every day we live apart from the love of God is incomplete, is missing, is slavery. Now is the day to cast that aside, to live with Him, in Him, through Him, for Him, to find the freedom and the happiness you so long for in your hearts, to find and to quench your thirst for wholeness, for integrity. You're not going to find it in a cookie. You're not going to find it on a Friday night in a bar, in the bottom of a bottle, or anywhere else. There's only one thing that can slake your thirst. There's only one thing that can give you happiness and fulfillment. Now is the time to choose Christ Jesus, to put him first. And this holy season of Lent allows us, through the practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, to both strip away the things that distract us from God, to take away from our life the things that often hold us back, the things that we put before God. This is why we fast. This is why we give things up. But we're also called to pray, to allow God to come into our life, to fill us up, to show us His love. Unmerited, unworthy are we, and yet He loves us nonetheless. To be in conversation, in relationship, to listen to the voice of our Beloved. And also to give from what we have to the poor, especially to those who are in need. Our life, when it's lived not for myself, but for others, when I take what the Lord gives me, when I strip away those things, when I'm fed in prayer, I can't help but pour forth into those who are in need. And don't think that we have to just give money to the poor, that that's what almsgiving is. It's also the time that we give to friends who are struggling. It's a stepping away from my own priority and prioritizing my brother or my sister who's sitting in front of me who's struggling. Now is the time. Now is the day of salvation. When we get this right, oh heavens, the Lord just shines upon us. The happiness, the joy is indescribable. But we have to step outside of ourselves. We have to challenge ourselves. And today I offer two things, especially in, and in particular to the college students who are here. The first thing is I encourage each of you, if you're not in a small group Bible study, to join a small group Bible study. For myriad reasons, but primarily this. You're not alone. It's so easy to think that you are, to think that that desire in your heart to live a life of integrity, to live a life for something more, is an isolating thing. And yet there are hundreds of students right here in this church who meet every week in small group Bible studies who desire more than anything to have you join their Bible study because they love you, because they want to serve you, because they want to honor you, not because they want to use you or take advantage of you. And wow, what an experience that is. When we are in community and in communion with people who desire nothing more than our good, the other thing I challenge you to do is prayer. Pray without ceasing. St. Paul challenges us. In the Gospel today, the Lord tells us, go to your room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret. Put your heart into the hands of the Master Potter and let him form it anew. 
Let him love you in a way that only he can love you. There are a lot of differences in my life now than there were 13 or 14 years ago when I was in college. A lot, I'm not going to go into all of them, but let's just say there are a lot. But the two main ones are what I've just described to you. The reason I'm able to stand before you today as a priest who loves being a priest, who loves being a Dominican, who is excited each and every day to bring the gospel to you, is community and prayer. To know that there are people in my life who love me, who are going to do whatever it takes to help me, who are there to pray with me, to pray for me, to watch over me, to guide me, to help me, but then to also know each and every day the love that only comes from God in prayer. It's not the life that the world tells us is attractive, but it's the life that sets us free when we radically give ourselves to the Lord. And just as a wonderful surprise and example, two years ago there was a young man sitting exactly where you are right now, an IU student. And now Sam is sitting up here studying for the priesthood for the Diocese of Fort Wayne. We're so happy for him to be here, and what a blessing it is. But right, there is always a path forward. It might not be the one that you're seeking. It might not be the one that you see, but in the Lord, wow, behold, see and rejoice. Now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Let's go.